This edition of the EdSurge On Air podcast is brought to you by the EdSurge Fusion Conference, an invitation-only event for school and district leaders. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the EdSurge On Air podcast. I'm your co-host, Mary Jo Matta. On the floor of the ISTE conference, it's easy to meet educators and administrators from all over the country and the world at large. You can discuss EdTech implementation strategies, hear about favorite tools, and get to know those practices that teachers are excited to bring back to their students. But while we Ed Surgeons pace the ISTE floor on June 25th through 28th in San Antonio, Texas, well, we decided to ask a slightly different question. What EdTech trends, products, and buzzwords do educators wish would retire for good? Now, from blended learning to digital worksheets, we collected a number of comments from 10 educators about their biggest EdTech pet peeves. And we'll get to that in a second, right after this. The EdSurge Fusion Conference is an invitation-only event for school and district leaders from around the country. They'll be coming together in the San Francisco Bay Area from November 1st to the 3rd to talk about personalized learning and school transformation. If this sounds interesting to you, please request an invitation or learn about sponsorship opportunities by going to the following bit.ly link, bit.ly slash edsurgefusion. That's one word. Again, bit.ly slash edsurgefusion. All right, listeners. Now, we bet you're wondering what EdTech trends and buzzwords all of those educators we talked to at ISTE want to get rid of. Well, we're going to bring those to you one at a time, but in a collection of three particular groups. And first up, let's talk about buzzwords. Now, a number of educators, specifically Martin Cisneros, Jenny Maguera, Blanca Herrera, and Francisco Nieto, all discussed specific buzzwords that they're frustrated about. We'll let them take it from here. Okay, so tell me who you are and where you're from. My name is Martin Cisneros and I am from Santa Clara. And what is the one thing that you want to leave behind? Real quick, what's your role? You are a... Academic technology specialist. So you've probably seen everything from iPads to different types of software. What's the one thing you don't want to talk about anymore? It's not necessarily software, but it's a term of professional development. We need to leave the word professional development to the side and really start thinking what we want our students to do, is, which is professional learning. Because we're always going to be lifelong learners, so let's leave the development behind because we've developed enough. Let's start learning. Why do you think people get so obsessed with this concept of development when it comes to professional development. Now I keep wanting, I want to keep saying it because it's what I hear all the time. And that's exactly my reason. You keep on hearing it all the time. So if you keep on hearing it all the time, like, oh, this is so awesome. Oh, this is so great. But the reality, it's not because we're still developing. We should be learning. We should be teaching everybody how to be lifelong learners, how to be modern learners. How about that? Let's start there. Hi, I'm Jenny Maguera, Chief Program Officer for EdTech Team. Also, recent ISTE keynote. What did you talk about? I talked about the untold stories in education, um, looking at the amazing Nigerian author who gave that TED Talk, The Danger of the Single Story, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, talks about the single story, and I thought, gosh, what are the untold stories that we should be telling in our industry? Right, so speaking of untold information that I'm sure our audience would love to know, 
you've been in this business space for a really long time. What's the one piece of technology or initiative or buzzword that you want, you wish everybody would just leave in the past? Blended learning. Explain. I feel like everyone talks about blended learning and no one really knows what it means. And I've seen the phrase blended learning really used for, in my opinion, evil, which is essentially teacher-proofing the classroom. Like, we're going to create this this system where, like, kids are going to sit in their, like, you know, little silos and go through their little, like, teacher playlist and never see another human being all day and, like, come and look at their, you know, arrivals board of what do I do next? But schools should really be teaching kids to be better human beings. And to do that, they need to interact with their role models, their teachers. They need to interact with each other as students. And I think technology should be humanizing our kids, not dehumanizing them. Um, I, I think that sometimes blended learning is used in a really beautiful way, which is like blending your learning with different tools and opportunities. And I'm all for that. But the phrase has become so muddied that I'd love to just get rid of it, really get rid of that pedagogy that like is teacher-proofing classrooms, and really work towards pedagogies that celebrate teachers, celebrate human interaction, and use technology as a vehicle and not um, a, a human robot replacement Skynet type thing. So Skynet. I have one small follow-up question. Do you think that personalized learning is the new blended learning? Yes. <laughs> Why is that? It's the same thing. Nobody knows what it means. Like, say what you mean. Um, like, let's let's be on the same page and let let's use let's like stop with buzzwords and really just talk about like bringing more like human human characteristics into the way that we're using technology. Like, that's why I love like video conferencing and student publication because it's helping them share their voice and who they are as people. But it's not saying I'm going to sit you in front of um, a responsive multiple choice platform that you just like click buttons for two hours and then like go to your lunch and then like clock in and then plug yourself in like a robot. Okay. My name is Blanca Herrera. I am the director of instructional technology at Saratoga Union School District. So you've heard a couple of different responses. A lot of people answering this question. What are you so tired of hearing about and you just wish we would get rid of it? Personalized learning. First of all, I really feel that that concept gets misused. I don't think most people understand what it means. And I think we need to focus more on basically helping students learn in general, wherever they are, whatever their needs are, whatever their passions or interests. That's what we need to focus on. Excellent. Do you think that there is a propensity of people to focus on, oh, this is personalized learning because there's like pressure or are they really interested in doing it in reality? I think maybe both. Um, I know I I know of educators that are very much interested in providing an education for um, or learning opportunities for students to learn about their passions, about what they're interested. And then there's other people that might just you know gravitate to it because it is a term that's being used so much. So I think it's probably both. So what would you use instead of the term personalized learning? Passion learning. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Is that an original, a Herrera original? Trademark 2017. <laughs> Thank you. Francisco Nieto, I am a program manager at a county office of education in technology. What are you sick and tired of hearing about, and every time you think about it, you just want to throw up all over the computer? I'm tired of hearing the term lifelong learner. I think everybody is a lifelong learner, like from zero to when you die. I mean, maybe you're learning math, maybe you're learning how to tie your shoe, or whatever, right? Maybe you're just like learning a new thing and whatever job you have to be doing. So I think it's just like a, like a stupid term that gets layered onto people. There is a place for people who want to you know, take their learning further, but just calling yourself a lifelong learner is kind of like, yeah, whatever. We're all lifelong learners. 
So do you think that there's, why, why do people keep gravitating towards the concept of lifelong learning? I guess because we see a lot of people who are just stupid walking around our world, and we think, why, did don't, why don't they know these things that I know? Like, you have to learn what I know, or what other, you know, everyone knows, so learn it up. You're not learning like me. Now, aside from buzzwords, that wasn't the only thing that educators told us they want to leave behind. A contingent of folks expressed frustration over a collection of edtech tools that they think merely turns something fairly problematic, like a worksheet or a constant stream of quizzes, into a digital format. Same item, just on a computer. So here's what Tara Linney, Michael Cohen, Angela Estrella, and Stu Greenberg all shared about what they're frustrated about. Okay, so can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? So my name is Tara Linney. I'm a tech coach over at uh, Singapore, over in Singapore. Um, I've been in the education industry for about eight years at this point, and um, I've worked with teachers ranging from preschool all the way up until eighth grade. So in all that time, Mm -hmm. I asked you the big inevitable question. What do you think is the one piece of tech or tech initiative that should be left way far back in the past? So the piece of tech is definitely um, different apps that exist for the sole purpose of replacing a quiz. Um, For example, apps where it's one thing if the app gives data and feedback um, to the student as well as the teacher, but if it's just a thing of, hey, go practice these math facts on this app, um, and if the app is so mean to the student where they're not giving feedback as to what they got wrong or suggesting different ways to approach the problem solving, then I think it's just a glorified digital spreadsheet, and it's like not even really glorified. Do you have an example in the classroom where you've seen it just completely not work? So math is really hard for young students um, because it's one of those shattering things because it's one of the only content areas where you're either right or you're wrong. But the cool thing about math is that there's multiple ways to get there. So um, I had a fifth grader this year who was struggling in math. And if you're already struggling in math and then you have this app that just puts you down every time you get something wrong and gives no guidance as to how to get it right, um, then it's almost like a teacher not giving feedback after somebody turns in a test, right? It's just a score and that means nothing. And so um, with this student, because she was having such a hard time, the teacher brought me in and said, is there some app or some tool out there that can help her? And so I hooked the student and the teacher up with this app that allows the student to see videos and to see examples. And instead of being told that she's wrong, it gives a technique with a different problem as an example to say, okay, how would you solve this? And then as she works it out and as she scribes it, it gives her feedback as to what she's doing right and what she's doing wrong and why. Because the thing that we don't really address is why, right? It's all about, well, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? But if students don't even understand the why or the basic concept, it means nothing. All right, my name is Michael Cohen, the tech rabbi, and I help make creativity happen in schools and make people love out-of-the-box experiences and really scaling out what it means to give agency and empowerment for students. Hey, I'm Stu Greenberg. I'm director of EdTech at Hebrew Academy for Nassau County. And working with innovation in our middle school this year has been a big thrill. All right, so the inevitable question. What is the one thing that you cannot stand that you wish that educators would just stop 
using. It could be a product, an initiative, a buzzword, a trend, anything. So I would have to say digital worksheets because you just made it digital. There's no engagement. And we don't need to continue with this. Please stop. So worksheets and digital worksheets are really no different. Absolutely no different. And all it does is continue this linear process in which the answer is A, B, or C, and it just requires a quick memorization to forget in the next 20 minutes. All right. Stu, can you top that? Sure. Digital Scantrons. Ah, okay. So explain. So we did away with these Scantrons a long time ago. Now we're just taking pictures of them, and we're doing the same thing, filling in these little dots. The kids hate it. The teachers hate it. It's just as inefficient as it ever was. The only thing that's missing is that $3,000 Scantron machine that keeps breaking. So why do you think people keep using digital scantrons then? Comfort zone, equipment in the building, certainly more affordable now than it used to be. It's an easy way out. They don't have to change their modality, but you know, it's still it's still worthwhile to them because they don't know how to change. So let's say someone said, I want to do this. But if you could give me an alternative, I would try it. What would the alternative to a digital Scantron be? There are hundreds of sources for digital assessment online that uses the same technology that these digital Scantron picks are doing for them. And most of the teachers are already using them in other, in other areas. So there's no reason that they shouldn't be switching over to that now. But very often the school has a mandate that they have to use this technology, and it's kind of antiquated. <laughs> Hi, I'm Angela Estrella. I'm an instructional coach at the Graduate School of Education at Stanford, but prior to that, I was a high school teacher at Overfelt High School in San Jose. So, we've been asking a lot of people this today. Curious to get your thoughts, Angela. What's the one piece of tech initiative buzzword, the thing that you just are so tired about hearing about? So here at ISSI, it's pretty cool to see how people are thinking about using virtual reality. And so that's been really great. But definitely one thing, if we could retire, is QR codes. They're, they're, ISSI is fantastic for poster sessions, but people, get rid of the QR codes. If you only have a QR code and you don't have like a link or other way to get to your resources, then you're missing out sharing your resources with so many educators who are excited to learn with you, but ditch the QR codes. What is it about the QR codes that just drives you crazy? Because you have to have a reader to be able to use it, right? And just so that so that you can get to it. I, I see that the, the convenience, but if it's only one way to get to your materials, it's like, why do you need it? Like, have other entry points for people to get to your resources. Don't create barriers when you're trying to share. Do you still, I mean, I guess I'm thinking, I've been walking around and I feel like I'm still seeing a lot of QR codes everywhere. Are you kind of feeling the same way? Yeah, I'm seeing them definitely everywhere, especially with the poster sessions as like an attempt for a shortcut to share your resources. But we need more ways, like what are ways that you're sharing with the community, whether you're using Twitter or a direct link to your resource? Not just one way. (laughs) And last, but certainly not least, two folks in particular mentioned some pieces of hardware that they're frustrated with. Now, hardware is often the most expensive budget item for directors of technology to buy. So what should educators quit spending all of that money on? Educators Nicholas Provenzano and Adam Bello are looking forward to saying goodbye to two items in particular. Okay, so who are you? I'm Nicholas Provenzano. And what do you do? I am a high school English teacher and a director of a makerspace in Michigan. Okay, so I've been asking everybody the same question. Very curious to get your take. What is one thing, can be a product, initiative, anything in the tech world that you wish that teachers and schools would never, ever use or pay for ever again? The dongle. 
I'm tired of explain, the dongle. Explain. The dongle is just adding more wires. And whenever you can wire something in, that means you limit the freedom and space to move around. So getting rid of the dongles that seem to be adding more and more to our life as we go along, technology needs to advance beyond the dongle. So when I think of dongles, I think of like the the cords that you use to hook up a projector to a computer or something of that nature. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, and especially with recent companies' additions to dongles to even make it work in the first place, the wireless capability, Bluetooth connections, Wi-Fi connections, make it flexible for our students to move around and do things. So I like to see that just disappear and allow the freedom to move around and learn in the environments that work best for our kids. Okay, so I'm not the most tech-savvy person, so... You know, feel free to give me some advice. When I think of pieces of technology that can achieve that without having excessive wiring everywhere, I think of screencasting um, and, you know, basically, you know, types of technology you can attach to the computers but without a physical wire. Is there anything in particular, a type of technology you think that does this really, really well? Uh, I think Chromecast is amazing and it is accessible and it is affordable to be able just to throw in a Chromecast and especially if you have a Chromebook, just to send that image up there to the entire class or have students quickly throw images up to the board for the entire class to see without the hassle of going up, plugging something in, getting the wires all done. That's lost instructional time. That's lost learning time. So getting rid of those wires is a step towards increasing what goes on in the classroom. And of course, I have to ask, is part of this based on the fact that you yourself have tripped in the classroom at one point or another? (laughs) Yes, I'm not even going to lie. Back in the day, lots of wires all over the place. And sure enough, you're going to trip over it once or twice. So yes, it'll also be a safer environment for teachers to move around in the classroom. Hey, I'm Adam Bello. I'm an educational technologist, uh, co-founder of Breakout EDU. And you also have a background in education for a very long time. Can you give us a little bit of details about that? Uh, sure. So I was a classroom teacher, taught high school English for language-based learning disabilities, uh, or students with language-based learning, not for the disabilities themselves. Uh, worked in the K-12 system, was a director of technology, technology training specialist, and ran a couple of startups. So I think it's safe to say you've seen a lot. And, you know, from iPads to apps to devices using in the classroom. So give me one thing, tech product, initiative, buzzword, that you hope that people just leave in the past and never use again. And tell me why. So a lot of buzzwords I'd love to leave in the past, but in terms of a product or an idea, I think that the uh, specific clicker systems for feedback, for student feedback, would be a really great thing to leave it behind. The reason being is, um, well, it's a single-use product. It implies no real valid feedback. It doesn't give constructive ideas or feedback to students' learning. And in reality, it doesn't really influence too much of what the teacher's doing in the front of the room or hopefully on the side of the room as well. So I'd love to see those get boxed up and thrown in the dump. Do you have anything that you think could replace clickers? Like, what would you recommend teachers use instead of clickers to to gather feedback about their students' progress? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think discussion. So I've seen schools that are doing small group discussions where they have, like, let's have a chat, and the teacher actually siphons them through, so it's like almost like reading group. So you have four or five kids come together, and they actually have a conversation. They collect the feedback that way. Uh, it gives you a more accurate detail as to what's going on. Obviously, I understand the clicker's purpose if you have math or if you want to do some sort of fast grading to kind of see, like, where the assessment barriers lie. And that's fine. I mean, there's lots of digital tools for that, whether it be Google Forms or a million other things. Uh, you know, you can get very high-tech and try to do something with, like, clickers or whatever. But And they're, they're, that's great and that's fine, but I think that getting students real meaningful feedback that moves the needle for them is the most important factor.
This has been the EdSearch On Air podcast. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mary Jo Matta, and advertisements were read by Alice Meyerhoff. You can give us a grade on the quality of this podcast by rating us on iTunes or sending an email to us at feedback at edsearch.com. You can also subscribe on the iPhone podcast app, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week with more on the future of education. We'll see you then.